Hello, everyone. I am Ani. And I'm Tris. And today we'll be talking about the story, The Outsiders. But Yay. before we get into that, we're going to talk about our featured author for the week. And that is Neil Gaiman. He is the writer of Coraline. So a lot of people don't know that the claymation movie Coraline was actually a book. But it is a book, and the book is a lot spookier than the movie, even though the movie is pretty scary. Do you yeah. think it was? Um, I mean, I, I liked watching it when I was little, but a lot of people didn't start liking it until now. Yeah, I never read the book, but I, I watched the movie, and I, I thought it was pretty creepy. A little unsettling. I did, I think at some point I read the Graveyard book by Neil Gaiman, so. Yeah, but he's a good author. You guys should check him out in, since Halloween's up and coming. We'll have some good spooky authors. But now time to get back to the real, the real reason we're here. It's talk about the book. The Outsiders. It's also a movie, but the movie came after, and I think the book is something a little bit better to speak about. So, a quick little summary about The Outsiders. It's a group of greaser boys who are like the poor boys um, fighting against the socials or the socials. They're the richer upper class. And this is all set in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Um, there's also a murder that goes along with this, the burning of a church. And lots of fun little memories to go along with the sad bits. But let's get into it. I think we should start with the fact, like, perspective. Like, the perspective of the book. Who, Who's the narrator? Pony Boy. Pony Boy. He's writing a story about his life. And it, I think it connects, right? So the beginning of the story is the same as the end. Mm -hmm. It's the one that's like, when I stepped out into the bright sunlight from the darkness of the movie house. It's that in the beginning, and then at the end, it closes off with that, too. And I think that's really powerful, because you basically go through the story he writes and then watch him write it. Yeah, I do remember in school we wrote several analyses about um, like the full circleness. Yeah, it's like an English teacher's dream. It's like, they love it. They're like, it has so much meaning. The, the movie theater represents something. Yeah. So... Um, but yeah, it's from Ponyboy's perspective, and it's all about, like, the tragedies he experiences as there's, like, this ongoing, like, war between the socials and, like, greasers, and um, eighth grade teachers love this book. I think a lot of students like it. Um, so, yeah, it's all around. I actually enjoy it, believe it or not. So <laughs> I like the book, too, but I actually, I was looking up, I was researching some, like, points about the book, and it turns out... Um, a lot of Catholic and Christian schools in the United States ban the book because it talks about gang violence. But I think that's the reason, what, a part of the reason we read it in school is because, you know, the world isn't cupcake, cupcakes and sunshine. There's definitely gangs in the world and kids our age with less privilege than what we have, what we're grateful to have. And I think that I don't think it should be banned from any school because this book, it's a good book. We read it for a reason. It has good points it has it's great literature especially written by essie hinton who was a teenager at the time you know it was very i feel like it was almost ahead of its time in a way because you know it was set in the 60s but it's also topics that were not written about in the 60s mm -hmm. yeah i would also agree it's pretty timeless um um and yeah it it does talk about topics that are still relevant because gangs still exist and these problems still exist and even in schools that we go to you'll still see like 
maybe not always two sides of a story, but you'll see a lot of cliques, and they all kind of react in a similar way, where they're always at war or always fighting. Yeah, even if it's not as, like, prominent as it is, like, where they have rumbles mm -hmm. in The Outsiders, it's still, you still see it a lot. Um, another thing I kind of want to talk about, like I said, I mentioned a little bit before, um, Essie Hinton um, is a woman, but she used a stage name, Essie, Essie Hinton, um, mm -hmm. to get her book to be published, because back then they didn't want such a young woman to be publishing works. This, yet again, is kind of like a reflection of that time period. And how mm -hmm. this book is still a little bit of ahead of its time, especially because she's such, well, nowadays she's written so many works that have been like turned into movies, just like text, like, do you know that book? Mm -hmm. Stuff like that. That's also huge. It's become a movie. And it's kind of like, how do you think like the publishers feel after being like, oh, you can't publish this, you're a woman. She like gets into their heads. They think she's a boy. They publish mm -hmm. it. It's actually a woman. Everyone loves it. Like, how do you think they must feel after not like letting her publish it as a woman? Probably nothing. They're probably like, oh, well, that's fine. It's her fault. <laughs> I don't yeah, think they're feeling think guilt. Yeah, I think that just that also shows, like, you can do whatever you want when you put your mind to it and trick your publishers. Mm -hmm. Exactly. I really like, I like her story and the story she wrote. Um, this book, I like to talk about the poem. The poem that, like, is the whole entire pit of the book, along with it helped write a Stevie Wonder song that ended up in the movie. It's the poem by Robert Frost. It's, um, I'll recite it for you guys. It's, nature's first green is gold, her heart is due to hold, her early leaves a flower, but only so the hour, then leaf subsides to leaf, so Eden sank to grief, and dawn, begin dawn goes down to day, nothing gold can stay. Um, I think this is a really powerful poem because this is Johnny's first sunset, because mm -hmm. he doesn't really take a lot of the people in their town don't really take time to view nature like Pony Boy does. So Pony Boy is kind of like showing Johnny this new sunset, almost as if like you know Johnny's like first time ever experiencing it. And I think that's a powerful message because the poem talks about how nothing good can last, and this is kind of like the start of the good. And it kind of goes down to Johnny's death. Johnny speaks about why he saved the kids and he was like well I didn't have anything left to live for you know like nothing gold can stay I saved the kids because they had more to live for than I ever would mm -hmm. and it's sad but it also kind of rem reminds you like the, the pit of the poem nothing good can last nothing gold can stay it's kind of like you experience some things but it all eventually comes to an end and starts a new cycle almost like from birth to death so it's almost like the death of Johnny became like the uprise of these kids and Pony Boy's inspiration to want to write about his friend. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Um, yeah, that's probably the main reason that schools enjoy this book so much is that it has this, this full circle nature, but it also has like good role models. Um, one, I mean, that eventually die, but Pony, yeah. Pony Besides Boy. Besides the murder. Yeah, Pony Boy is a pretty good role model for the most part so um that's probably why they show them in school yeah I think so too I also really like this book because it brings out a part about like the brother's emotions which is something especially in the in the 60s you know I I know this is gonna sound kind of sexist but like back then they always wanted to be like the men are tough the women are weak 
kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. This book really shows that emotional aspect of the boys. You know, they're a group. They band together. They care about one another. Like at the end where Dally goes off the charts because Johnny's gone. How Derry, who's this big honking dude, who's the brother and protector of like all these boys, is like sobbing because she's so happy to see his brothers again. I think this is another reason they sh they kind of have the book read to us in school because it shows that everyone shows emotion mm -hmm. and you know everyone shows it in different ways whether it be dally kind of going off the rails or Derry just being so excited in that part where Derry slaps pony boy mm -hmm. i think that part really shocked a lot of people because it's it's a lot of power it's like some people are like oh well dally hates pony boy oh blah blah blah, blah. but everyone forgets Derry's still like a kid he's only like 20-ish. He's really young. He had to give up multiple opportunities to raise his brothers because mm -hmm. his parents are dead. So that's also another like really good perspective is like having to remember these are all brothers, young brothers on their own. No mm -hmm. adult supervision. They have to be super underground. You know, it's yeah. it's hard. Um, Did your school ever make you guys dress up as the greasers or the socias? No, we didn't because our teacher thought it was kind of inappropriate. Really? Our, we um, did and I didn't have like leather jackets or anything. I only had um, things that would work with the socias. So I wore like a socias outfit and I got attacked. I literally like people were like, people were like, you're socia. I'm like, no, I'm just, we're supposed to dress up as either. It doesn't mean I agree with them. <laughs> I yeah, like, I think but that's crazy because some people will be so hypocritical. Hip, well, yeah. Hypo. Hypocritical about it. Yeah. And, yeah, I think it's weird because not all of the socias in the story were bad. Yeah. You know, there was, I believe it was Randy, who ended up talking to Ponyboy about what happened and saying mm -hmm. he would plead in self-defense because Bob was a bad person. Then there was Cherry. It was Bob's girlfriend. Uh, Ponyboy has a little bit of a crush on her. Mm -hmm. She kind of goes undercover for a little bit and gets all these facts and ends up helping them win their court case so they can stay with their brother. And that's the thing I want to talk about. A lot of people in the book and the movie just despise Cherry. But I think people look past her a little bit because she did help them win the court case. And back then, it is really hard to kind of break out of that stereotype because once it's broken, people won't. It's like... Like, almost like we talked about in To Kill a Mockingbird. It's, if somebody doesn't view something as normal, or somebody views you as poor, in the sense, or as a greaser, you can't come back from that. And it's mm -hmm. sad, but it's the truth. So she had to go undercover, in a way, but also help them. And I think that yeah. was something really strong of her to do, because that's really hard. Mm -hmm. Especially when your parents are involved in your whole community. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I think... Um... People put, like, these characters on too much of a pedestal. Like, you, you, they're, like, 15. They're real. Yeah, they're but young. They're young. Everyone in the story is a teenager. Yeah. Like, you can't put them on this, um, like, this tower and make yeah, them... Yeah, it's children living with adult problems. Yeah. You can't make them act the way you want to. If they make a mistake, they make a mistake. And I, that's what I noticed a lot. Like, when I was in eighth grade and we had to read it, people were, like, who are always judging the characters and a lot of them make mistakes that's the point of it so it's learning how to deal with adult situations as a, as a child but also as a minority mm -hmm. or almost as somebody looked down upon um and 
I think this story is really good. I'm glad we read it. We had to read it in eighth grade too. Mm-hmm. And it did kind of set us up well for high school books because now we know how to look for those different perspectives and different yep. groups. It kind of helps you sh- like pick out, oh, well, maybe it's not as obvious as greasers or socius, but maybe within like the greasers, it's who's quieter or who's louder or who's more of like a tough guy rather than like a softy. Kind of like it shows you how to pick out that stuff. But also how um, literature uses literature. Like, as he hinted, purposely put in this Robert Frost poem for a reason. Mm-hmm. And it tied in super well. And it definitely, I feel like without it, you know, the story wouldn't make much sense. I mean, it would make sense. It just wouldn't be complete. Yeah, it would be <laughs> gaping. <laughs> you, you know what I meant. You know what I meant. It would be, oh, geez. I didn't mean to say that. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think um, a couple more points to go off of just before we end this is this is a really good story and it gives off a lot of what you don't normally see. Like Pony Boy, it's 14. He's supposed to be in eighth grade, but he's actually got bumped up to high school because he's so smart. Um, and it also kind of gives you that hope that like you you don't have to be rich to be smart or you don't have to be like you don't have to be this or that to to do something pony mm-hmm. boy is li- like proof of that he's smart he went to high school his brother Derry is also smart and got a full ride scholarship to a college but just didn't go because he wanted to stay with his brothers like it doesn't matter who you are where you belong to you can do anything you want when you like really put your mind to it and i think that's another wonderful point of the story that's always kind of overlooked because everyone just assumes oh he's in high school but it's like why would they make us read it in eighth grade uh-huh. kind of a thing so i really i enjoyed this book it was wonderful it's a short read it's only like 192 pages yep and this is from the perspective of Essie hinton's high school like these are real or used to be real gangs in her town uh-huh. and she always sets stuff in oklahoma so that i feel like there's something in there somewhere but it's just because that's where I think she grew up. Um, mm-hmm. But that's about all there is to it, The yeah. Outsiders. Um, I say this is a good school read, and we should continue reading it for multiple generations. Because yeah. it's it's really good. It's also one of those things where it's like, once you understand it, it comes up a lot in other uh, movies, too. You know, you mm-hmm. hear a lot about it, and they use very similar writing styles and, like, gangs and stuff. Yeah. Because if you think about it, it's like, oh, there's the greasers and the sh- soches. There's the um, the jets and the sharks, like from West Side Story and mm-hmm. bunches of other stuff. But you know, it all kind of is ends up like the story. But we're going to end today's podcast with a little segment where we go back and we talk about um, a past segment. And we'll be talking about To Kill a Mockingbird and some comments we got on that. <laughs> yeah, so... Um... Quick note for To Kill a Mockingbird. Uh, if you don't remember, I like talked about Atticus having a white savior complex. And what I meant was that the book kind of has one. Not really the character himself, but the, yeah, book, the book. The book pushes the white savior complex idea, but not this uh, specific character. So someone said, I don't think Atticus has a white savior complex because he doesn't really boast about how he's the only one that's standing up for the other guy. I just think it's a crappy book. <laughs> and... Um, thank you. Thank you. 
for whoever sent that in. Yeah. Because we like getting feedback. It's not like it's bad, but. Yeah. Um, and yes, I don't think it's a bad book, but I do agree. Atticus doesn't have a weight saver complex. I really he said that. Directly. It's just like the book yeah. in general. I really said that for the convenience of allowing the hate you give to be put in these um, schools, but it wasn't like to be like, this book sucks. <laughs> I wasn't meaning to put it down. I meant to just make the hate you give seem better. So, cause I'd rather they, uh, as you already know, yeah. you, if you w listen to that, um, the hate you give is what we believe should be put in, um, instead, but I do respect the opinions. I, we did get some feedback that said, um, uh, that like, it's a good book and that I was wrong. And, <laughs> um, and I mean, we all have our own opinions. Um, but yeah, I think I agree. I don't think Atticus has a weight saver complex. So, but <laughs> that's, the, that's the segment. <laughs> that's the segment. Um, if you guys have any book recommendations you would like us to talk about on this, um, little podcast channel, mm -hmm. um, let us know. Yeah. Also, um, if you have any ideas about what you want to hear more of, please also let us know. Mm -hmm. But that's the end of our segment, and I really yeah. hope you enjoy. And go give The Outsiders and the book Coraline a read. Yeah. Also, keep in mind, there is um, on the Anchor website, which is where we distribute our podcast, you can send in messages from there if you don't want to send it through Instagram. So any messages, those have voice messages. I think you can send text messages, but um, our socials will always be in the caption of our podcast. So thank you guys for listening. Thank you so much. And tune in next time. Yep. What are we reading next week? I don't know. We'll figure it out. Okay. <laughs> Bye guys.